Absolutely. Pereira. Plenty of depth. The goalkeeper came. NYCFC have the lead. Alex Callens is the scorer. And we haven't even played four minutes. Coming to you live on ESPN Plus and ESPN2, and you are getting a live look at Yankee Stadium, where just moments ago, New York City FC, the home team, finished off a 2-0 victory over Atlas to clinch the 2022 Campeones Cup. Alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us, Herc. We are in Seaport in New York City in the Get Up Studios. Look at us moving on up in the world. Moving on up! To the east side? Is this the east side? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure New York either. City geography. What I will tell you is it's beautiful outside. It is beautiful. It's beautiful here. Lucky to be here. And uh, Atlas, not so much. They didn't no. enjoy New York. A beautiful, beautiful night for a trophy to be handed out in the Big Apple. That's exactly what happened over at Yankee Stadium. We will discuss that in just a little bit with the broadcast crew that called the game. We're going to bring them back into the show. We also, of course, Herc, we got roster reaction for both the United oh, States and Mexico. We got rosters ahead of friendlies uh, next week. We got a busy day for CONCACAF players in the Champions League. Much to discuss in the show. But let's start with the highlight of the game that you just saw. New York City FC against Atlas for the Campeones Cup. The best of Major League Soccer against the best of Liga MX. Or at least the defending champions. Four minutes in, Alexander Callens taps it home here. Camilo Vargas, is he at fault on this one, Hart? Oh, yeah. He's been one of the better goalkeepers in Liga Mekis for the last, I would say, probably two years. One of those keepers, but he should have done better there. Absolutely. 45th minute, Atlas with a chance just before the half. Luis Barraza with a big shot to do on that. Big save. 25-year-old living a dream, facing Atlas, bicampeón de Mexico, where his parents are from, comes up big in his moment. Julian Quinones denied there. Just after the half, New York City on the counter. Talis Magno to Maxi Morales, 2-0. Yeah, Talis Magno right here, the way he receives the ball nonchalantly, this is after the give and go, gives it to Maxi Morales. Maxi Morales from that distance is not going to miss. Fusilado Camilo Vargas can't do anything about it. That'll be two. Mm. Five minutes later, Atlas hoping for a comeback. Julio Furch sends it across, Quinones the shot, but Barraza another big save. It's a massive save because usually goalkeepers are already going to their right there. He's going to lean back down, get low to his left, comes up big, keeps his team very much in that. And there you go. There you see it. New York City FC, your 2022 Campeones Cup champions. That is their first international title. Of course, New York City FC joined Major League Soccer back in 2015. Let's start with New York City as we break this game down, Herc, because this does not look like the team that what we have known of New York City for the last couple weeks. They've been really, really struggling coming into this game. They look like the team that are the defending champions of MLS tonight. They do, albeit off of a very um, lackluster Atlas team who looked like the team they've been So you're been saying all it was season. more bad Atlas than good New York City? Well, this is a case of two teams where both teams had one win in the last two games, mm -hmm. uh, ten games, excuse me. Um, so one had to give. There had to be somebody today to lift the trophy. That is a reality. Atlas is a team that is struggling a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, like they've not seen under the Orlegi 
direction or ley directivos. Given how much they've struggled, given how desperate they should have been, given the fact they're not going to make the playoffs this season, 1% chance. Shouldn't they have played better? Shouldn't this have been their kind of all or nothing moment? And it was season? because they rested players. Versus oh, it didn't look like it. It, it did not look like it. Look like like it. it looked pretty much like well, everything we've seen at Atlas. Now, I'm not going to make excuses for Atlas or the abysmal 18 months that Mexican mm-hmm. football, the collection Ooh, of, of losses that Mexican football has, has collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a team that went 70 years of sacrifice, suffering, of disappointment to finally win a championship. Mm-hmm. And you know what two seasons in the year are like in Mexico. And having won a championship in Mexico, I can tell you, if you get to the final mm-hmm. and it's one of those winter finals, you've got three weeks to go on vacation. Not the three months that all of a sudden you get in Major League Soccer uh, that we see here. And in those three weeks, if you're a national team player, your vacation's gone. Mm. It's limited down. So if you go to another final like they did miraculously back-to-back, the next time you get a break, it's like 12 15 days. Now, limit that time. It's mental, it's physical fatigue, it came to its head, and this was just something that a lot of people saw coming. I think, Herka, an obvious factor, if you watch this game, and even if you listen to the broadcast and the guys that we're going to hear from in just a moment, was the facility. Yeah. Not, not necessarily oh, yeah. the atmosphere, but the facility itself, the field at Yankee Stadium. How big a factor do you think that was in the outcome? Well, New York knows how to play it to perfection, mm-hmm. and so, so forth is their record. You can see it in their record when they play at home. But Atlas is a team that very much depends on transition. They're a team that's very much defend first with Coca. They defend first and then they break out. Mm -hmm. Very direct play with Julio Furch. And after that, it's Luis Quinones and what he can do in space. But when there is no open space, when the team in front of you is more creative, when they're sitting at home, where they're playing you pretty much off the park like they did today, you're going to see things like this. Yeah, I think the the field is just it's a a massive, massive factor in this game. I I think you... Good and bad. Uh, for me, it's very bad. It's a yeah. very bad look. You know, you saw the guys talking about it on the broadcast. How can, you, how can you play a final there? I mean, you, the, the corner kicks are effectively throw-ins. And, and that's not to mention the huge swath of the pitch that you have carved out for the, for the, the baseball diamond. You know what's worse is Major League Soccer promotes and advertises this as to, MLS goes to 180 countries. And mm-hmm. This is a, such a great product. Well, here you are showcasing a great event to the rest of the world, and it's on a pitch like this. All right, so uh, let's bring in the gentleman who called this match. There were three of them in the booth tonight, John Champion, Taylor Twelman, uh, and Ben Olsen. Guys, great to have you with us here on Football Americas. Uh, let's focus in on the New York City side of this thing. I- I'm just curious how much of a factor you think this could be for New York City in terms of kicking on and really being competitive uh, in the Eastern Conference in the MLS Cup play. We know Philadelphia is kind of looming out there as the, the best team in the East, given all that New York City has lost, but then also what we saw from them tonight. Do you guys think they're real competitors in that Eastern Conference? Well, Sebi, they've got three games to go uh, against the Red Bulls here, big one at the weekend, then at Red Bull Arena in technically a home game against Orlando, then they finish on decision day at Atlanta. They came into the game tonight, Ben and Taylor, one win in their last ten, seven defeats in nine. Uh, They have turned a bit of a corner, one would think, off the back of that display, haven't they? I do think a lot of it depends on the health of Weber, and I think if Weber is healthy going into that Orlando City game at Red Bull Arena, gets that game in Atlanta, uh, ask Jim Curtin, ask Montreal, they don't want to play New York City. In particular, Philadelphia Union, because Sebi asked that question. The fact is that Jim Curtin and the Philadelphia Union Ben, they often struggle against New York City. Now, they're going to want revenge for how last year went down, COVID, and everything that went around that game and ultimately led to New York City winning in Philadelphia. But I'm not sure I want to play this team. They just won MLS Cup less than 12 months ago. And if they get Abraham kind of healthy, 
I don't think anyone, one, wants to play him here, but ultimately play this team to get to MLS Cup. Yeah, this team didn't turn into a bad team overnight. I mean, no. they've got a lot of points on the board. They're, they're, they're high up in the standings for a reason. And they've gone through a, a, a tough patch, kind of figuring out their identity. Um, I think emotionally, uh, they're trying to figure themselves out, uh, figure out the new coach and what he's about. But this goes a long way, I think, from a coaching standpoint to, to, for confidence in, in, in your coach and winning big games. And uh, again, once they get a couple of these guys healthy in the next week or two, uh, they're going to have a, a pretty serious squad. They're not having Tati back. So they're not at full strength. They're not going to be the team they used to, but they're just going to have to redefine and figure out what the best version of themselves are. And I think on this field, sometimes that's going to be good enough. Tonight was a reminder they can win a trophy. It was. I was just going to say, I mean, talk of Philadelphia, who obviously are the standard setters in the East. The one team to come, visiting team to come here and win this season are the Philadelphia Union. Yep. So they're course and distance specialists. But I think it's a fascinating debate, Sebi and Herc, as to where New York City currently are because they've had this lengthy barren spell. I mean, seven defeats in nine was the second worst spell in their history since joining Major League Soccer in 2015. But I think the other takeaway for us tonight is just how desperately poor Atlas were and how very disappointed and underwhelmed we were by their performance, particularly after Diego Coca had rested all his made men at the weekend against San Luis. We thought we were going to see a, a real performance from them a la last season, but instead it was limp and insipid again. Yeah, to that point, Herc, what do you think the reaction will be down in Mexico? Because as you mentioned, the uh, MLSV Liga Mekis losses are starting to pile up here. So as we saw Miguel Arriola handing the trophy over right there, Don Garber and the rest of Major League Soccer, so came in the tweets about, there you go, Miguel Arriola, this is what you come to, this is what you've led us to, this is where the horse has been led to this type of water. It's an abysmal 18 months. We're talking about CONCACAF Nations League. We're talking about Gold Cup. Mm -hmm. We're talking the World Cup qualifying. We're the talking last about two the Cup, the yep. last two All-Star Games. <laughs> the Women's W yep. in CONCACAF, the U-20 tournament they've lost. It's been a ridiculously bad 18 months for Mexican football and cap it off with another embarrassing night. Yeah, guys, this is kind of the latest addition in the rivalry, Major League Soccer versus Liga Anekis. So I wonder if we go big picture with it. Uh, now that we have this latest bit of data, John, where do you guys think that the rivalry between these two leagues stands? Okay, well, let's. Um, I, I'm going to sort of plead the plead the fifth on that for the moment. Oh, and, here we and go. Pass to my two on experts. My two experts here. That's uh, the You can you can wait a minute, Ben Olson. Let's get a nice considered response <laughs> to that point. <laughs> I think it's pretty. It's as close as it's ever been. That's for, for sure. And I think next year comes at a great time mm. because I think it is so equal at this point. Um, that this larger Campeones Cup, this larger inter-league month next year, uh, I think it's a perfect time for this to really uh, see, see what's what and uh, put it out on the field. Go on, you may speak now. Oh, I can. Um, I listen to Seb and Herc talk often about the Mexican culture and how it is influenced by simple results and what happens against U.S. teams, against Major League Soccer teams, and about what this country is doing in the sport of soccer, football around the world. I don't think it's ever been this close, ever. I really don't. And the reason why is I think Major League Soccer has put, the owners have put so much money into the infrastructure of chasing. The, the golden goose egg they're chasing is Liga MX. 
right? And I'm not saying they're there yet because you've got to dominate CONCACAF Champions League sure. the way Liga MX has dominated this league, you and I as players, you as a coach, you've got to dominate that. But that gap has never been, Ben, this close. It's yeah, never been. No, and a lot of these are here. A Absolutely. lot of these are in the United States. Like, you know, look, I'd like to see a little bit of that yes. as well, going down to Azteca for one of these games. But that's where League's that Cup becomes like. very interesting, right? That's why because then I all think, of a sudden you're going to change it. I think next year you're going to see a, a, a real litmus test for, uh, for for both leagues. You're going to yes. still sit on the fence? No, no, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw stats, because that's what I do. I'm oh, going to throw stats around. Sebi, I, I'm just going to leave you with this thought on this particular topic, and that is that in the last five years in the CONCACAF Champions League, if you take the matches directly between teams from Liga M, and MLS. MLS have won one in three of those matches, and obviously some of those mm. have been drawn. In the previous five-year period, what MLS were winning six? one in six. Yeah. yeah, so they've doubled their success rate in that specific competition, the Champions League, just over the course of the last five years, so that tells you something. Gentlemen, brilliant stuff. Great to have you on the call, and great to have you here on Football Americas. John Champion, Taylor Twelman, and Ben Olsen joining us here on the show. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. There they go, the boys from Yankee Stadium. All right, so you heard what they were talking about there. Um, I think it's clear, Herc, when we talk about MLS versus Liga Mekis, there are some areas where Major League Soccer has overtaken the Mexican League. A lot of it is off the field. Yeah. Um, where, and it can be off the field or on the field, where is Liga Mekis still ahead of Major League Soccer? Well, they're still overwhelmingly popular. And, and okay. not only in Mexico, but here in the United States. The most what about on the field? What about when it actually comes to the soccer, right? Because that's on Across the field. That's the board, if you look at the average Mexican player compared to the average American player, uh, they are more technical. Okay. Uh, the teams are more tactically sound. Mm -hmm. um, there's more familiarity with the sport and the culture. Uh, so you're playing at an early age. It's not like you play soccer because you did soccer, AYSO, but you also did this. No, this is what you do. You mm. play football. And your dream is to be a professional footballer. Now, if I could briefly tell you, you're a Mexican national team fan. I played in Liga Mekis. The moment the World Cup was announced in 2026, mm -hmm. and it's the US, it's Canada and it's Mexico, there was this crazy idea that it would be a shared World Cup. <laughs> yeah. It is not a shared World no, Cup. No, 80% in the US, 10% in Canada, 10% in Mexico, right? Why? Why is the, the question here. on every Mexican fan's mind? We could easily do this. Mm. We are the footballing country. We are Los Reyes. We are the kings of CONCACAF. And slowly in the last 18 months, mm -hmm. that has all been slipping. Yep, it started with the national teams. It has clearly bled over into the club level with Major League Soccer against Liga MX. So reminder, we got more MLS versus Liga MX coming your way. The League's Cup Showcase continues next Wednesday with a doubleheader. Nashville hosting uh, Club America and FC Cincinnati against Chivas. Don't miss either of those games next Wednesday. Coming up next, we dive in on the recently released rosters for both the United States and Mexico ahead of the World Cup in Qatar. Don't go anywhere. Football Americas is back in a moment. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I think we can beat any team and we can lose to any team. I want to feel comfortable with all 26 players, you know, us trusting that they can perform at that, that level. Brought out beautifully. Berhalter names his 26-player roster for the upcoming friendlies against Japan and Saudi Arabia next week, the last before the World Cup. The stars are all in. Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, Gio Reyna, Eunice Musa, just to name a few. A couple injury notes. No Anthony Robinson, Tim Weah, Zach Steffen all held out with health concerns. Christian Roldan also injured, also not on the roster, which dropped earlier today. Here's what Greg Berhalter had to say about it. So starting with Pepe, you know, keep in mind, this is a guy that um, scored three goals for us in World Cup qualifying, right? And, um, and has, had, has had a tough time since then. And exactly what you said, we're trying to get him confidence. We're trying to get him into the group and see if he can make a push for the final roster. You know, that's TBD right now. You know, I watched his game this weekend in, in, in Groningen and, or in Canberra, actually. And you can see that, um, you know, he can be dominant in the Dutch league. And now it's a question of if he actually is and, and can he really um, take his game to the next level. Regarding Jordan, um, again, it's a difficult one. You know, when we wanted to, when we wanted to take a look at Pepe, we wanted to take a look at, um, at Josh due to his hot start, and he's been with the team for a while as well. So it's, it's never easy. And there was a, a decision that we weren't going to bring in four forwards. We didn't, have, we didn't feel like we had enough um, game time to give four forwards an opportunity. So we, we went with these three and we're pretty confident. We know Jordan's profile. We know what he can do. Um, and we, we didn't feel like we needed to see him um, in this camp to determine whether he can be on the roster or not. All right, Greg Berhalter, very quick to point out in his press conference there that this is not the final World Cup roster. It's that not. said, it's not. it's not. All right. That said, Herc. There's still snubs. Who's the biggest snub? Who's the biggest name for you left off this list? Jordan Peefock. Mm -hmm. 
and it seems unfair. Very unfair. Why do you say unfair? Because if we look at the pool of nines, mm -hmm. look at the pool of nines. The guys, Josh Sargent, Ricardo Pepe, Susferida, uh, whoever else you may want to throw in there, Haji Rai, Daryl Dike, Brandon Vasquez. At one point, all went cold. Mm -hmm. All had a struggle. Brandon Vasquez isn't even part of the pool, by the way, right now, mm -hmm. until you get there, right? Jordan Pifak's the only guy who's never gone cold. He stayed hot the whole time, so hot, he became the first player, the first U.S. men's national team eligible player to win a goal scoring title in Europe. Mm -hmm. Big money move to the Bundesliga. And what does he do when he gets there? He's doing much of the same, except he's added assists to his game. He's much more of a facilitator. A player that based on merit should have never left any national team call up. I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking, all right, yes, of course, Jordan Peefock has a shout, but so do guys like Haji Wright and Brandon Vasquez, right? They've been scoring a lot, and a lot of this is in the context of Ricardo Pepe getting called up. All three of those guys are scoring. Ricardo Pepe hasn't scored in 11 months. Was that your, 11 was months. That your doing, putting Jassy Sardis on the list? No, uh, it was not my doing, <laughs> though. You know I like to uh, get people fired up. I, I just think that's the point here, right? It's not so much that Peefock gets snubbed. It's that he and Wright and Vasquez all get snubbed for a guy who's not scoring right yeah. now. So it's really, it's, it's actually, if you want to say it's unfair on those guys, Greg Berhalter is being incredibly fair, almost too fair, you might suggest, with Pepe. Did you hear this from me last week? Would you like me to repeat it again? Uh, no. Because I will. Mm -hmm. I like hearing that I'm right. He feels indebted to Ricardo Pepe. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Ricardo Pepe came in in the first window of World Cup qualifying and saved his job. Okay, in 45 minutes, Ricardo Pepe changed the Honduras game in Honduras. Mm -hmm. A hand, a foot, if you will, in all four goals. And after that, what he did for the U.S. Men's National Team, he scored three goals and also assisted. He was facilitating. He was there for Greg Berhalter in one of the worst times. And also, Greg Berhalter, in some way, must feel responsible mm -hmm. for the influence he had on Ricardo Pepe going to FC Osberg, which was a mistake. And since then, it could be a mistake that may cost him a World Cup. So he will afford Ricardo Pepe mm -hmm. every single option, exhaust every option to not make the team. As he said, there. They believe right. in Ricardo Pepe. He will give him that chance. Whether we think it's fair or not, that's the reality of what Greg Berhalter is going to do. So something else that came out of Greg Berhalter's press conferences today are the three players who he says are injured, right? right. Uh, Anthony Robinson, Tim Weah, and Zach Steffen injured three spots. So you imagine that those are three spots, three guys that will come back in. We got a 26-player list, so we're going to have to make some cuts, Herc. Yeah. Uh, why don't we dive in on some of the position battles that we think are most critical here then? Because if you think about a guy like Tim Weah, okay, he's a wide attacking player. So one of the guys who's a wide attacking player in this call-up is probably not going to Qatar. We've narrowed it down. Jordan Morris, Paul Areola. For you, who is more on the bubble between those yeah, two? Yeah, you have to assume Weah for many is, is a lock to start. So most to prove in this one, is, it's got to be Jordan Morris. Uh, Jordan Morris, and it's almost unfair, he's only been healthy for six mm -hmm. months. He's coming off a second consecutive ACL tear. But the play for moments that has been there, the flashes for moments have been there. It's been a rough one mm -hmm. for the Seattle Sounders. It's been a rough one for Jordan Morris getting back to his full health. But it's Paul Ariola and what he's doing. Paul Ariola is having a career year at FC Dallas. Nine goals, five assists. Paul Ariola plays in a system that unfortunately for Jordan Morris is very similar to the U.S. men's national team with ex-national team assistant coach Nico Estevez, who's a direct line of communication with Greg Berhalter. Jordan Morris really has to prove what we all saw at his best mm. to really make this trip. Yeah, I think Paul Ariola is a lock at this point. I know think there, so? Yeah, there was a long time where I kind of wasn't convinced. Uh, and then it was 
not just what we always kind of lean on, which is what Greg Berhalter keeps calling him up. I think Ariola's actual performances, both with the national team, but especially with FC Dallas this year, yeah. to me, it's like it's a guy that you can't leave it, off the this team. This year, he scored. He had a, he had a run of goals where it was seven and seven games for an outside midfielder, a player that's not known for being a goal scorer. He's having a career year. Okay, uh, another player that was left off this list injured is Anthony Robinson, who I think we all assume is kind of your lockdown starting yeah. left back. There's a couple other left backs, outside backs, that are in the mix here, and Sam Vines uh, and Joe Scally. Between those two, who do you think is more on the bubble? Who has more to prove in these next couple games? Because I'll tell you right now, I don't think both these guys are going. It's, it's one of the two, or maybe none of these two. Yeah. Uh, let me just say that losing Anthony Robinson for any U.S. Men's National Team fan should freak you out. Right. He's such an important player to the U.S. Men's National Team. And read into that what you will. But it's Joe Scally. Now, not because I think Sam Vines is a better left back, but because I think in Greg Berhalter's mind, Joe Scally isn't a player. Joe Scally isn't a national team player just yet. He's a 19-year-old starting fullback that can play on the right-hand side and on the left-hand side in the Bundesliga. And for some reason, he has not been valued He's been as such. Out. He's not been valued as Shaq Moore played over him against Got called up in Panama. the summer. Shaq Moore played over him against Panama. Oh, uh, but he got the big games. He got the big games against the good competition. No, he got the friendlies. He did not get the World Cup qualifiers. Joe Scally is a player right now that's proven himself to play in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. proven himself to play in big moments in positions foreign to him on the left-hand side, and yet, for whatever reason, Greg Berhalter doesn't see him in that same light. If somebody had to prove themselves this trip, mm. it's 90-year-old Joe Scally. You're with me, though, right? It's like... Those two guys are not going. Maybe none of them go, but it's, it's got to be one, right? This is basically yeah. your, your backup left back. If Anthony Robinson is fully fit mm-hmm. and there are no questions there, it will be Anthony Robinson. It will be Serginho Dest and Yedlin. And one of those two will play on the left-hand side, Serginho Dest. Yeah, another position battle to watch, I think, is also goalie, right? With Zach Steffen out, we do need to figure out who that third goalie is going to be. Maybe Ethan Horvath and Sean Johnson get the two looks this time around, although you probably want to get Matt Turner some run because he's not I playing assume, a ton I would assume Arsenal. you have to get Matt Turner some run. <sighs> All right, well, then how are you going to make the, the call on who's the third goalie between Horvath and Sean Johnson? Because those two guys probably, that decision probably needs to be made uh, in the next couple months as well. One decision... One decision that seems pretty easy right now is Josh Sargent. Because he can't stop scoring. Uh, Did it again. His sixth goal of the season for Norwich uh, today in a 3-2 win over Bristol City. Herkut was the game winner. Oh, he scored today? This is from today? Today, bro. He's scoring so many goals, I can't keep track. Uh, This is what he needed. Because the only part of his game where there was a hole was goal scoring. It was that confidence to continue to put the ball in the back of the net. You know how much I value him in the talent pool of the nines. He's the most complete for my money. And he did it on ESPN Plus, which of course is where you can watch the championship. You can also, on ESPN Plus, watch next Friday's game between the United States and Japan. Also available on ESPN2. Football Americas will be live post-game on ESPN Plus after that match, so do not miss it. All right, we got more roster news, Herc, this time for El Tri. Tata Martino calling up 31 players for games against Colombia and Peru coming up next week. We got all the big European-based players. Uh, still no Chicharito. <laughs> Hector Herrera, the only MLS player left in this squad of 31 called up for the uh, big games coming up against South American competition next week. All right, Herc, uh, who is the biggest 
name for you that's been left off this list. Because you got to figure, right? If you're not in the list of 31 two months out of the World Cup, you're not going to the World Cup. That, that's a bitter pill. Yeah. That's a bitter pill to take. 31 names and you're not on it. It's it's over. Yeah, it, it's it could very well be over. It's Julian Araujo. Let me tell you why Julian Araujo. He may not be the biggest name there, mm -hmm. but when you tie in the recruitment that was of Julian Araujo mm -hmm. and how he went to the Mexican national team, and at this point was the only Mexican American actually getting any consistent call-ups mm -hmm. and a little playing time. Part of that World Cup qualifying process, very slim part of that, but was part of that. Then actually starts a game in the Nations League. Uh, just recently, and as far as a week ago, was quote from Fabrizio Romano in the orbit of Barcelona, mm -hmm. from being in the rumor mill of Barcelona Football Club to being on the outside looking in of 31 players in the Mexican national team. That's a gut punch. Yeah, that just that one hurts for Julian. That one hurts for a lot of people to say Jorge Sanchez is IX right now. You can't play over him. I will buy that. Kevin Alvarez and Julian Araujo have similar resumes when it comes to the Mexican national team. The only difference is Julian was part of that World Cup qualifying process. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's big that it's a right back, too, because that very much was a position of need. When Julian Araujo made the choice to go to Mexico, we all thought, okay, he's going to Mexico because there's less competition at we that spot that, right? in yeah. the U.S. Do you think he'll look back at this or those in his orbit will look back at this now and say they made a mistake picking Mexico over the U.S. because the goal is always to get to the World Cup, isn't it? The goal for any footballer is the World Cup. But this gets tricky when we speak about identity mm -hmm. because you're asking players to identify themselves as Mexican, to identify themselves as American, and it gets murky. If he made a sporting decision because he thought it would be easier to play in the Mexican national team, you've got to live with that. There are no regrets there. You can't make decisions for that. It's a fight that's still not over, as slim as it may look. A week ago, he was on the Barcelona radar. Tomorrow, we don't know. Things can change. Yeah. Uh, we use the word surprise here. For me, in some part, it was disappointment, right? Now, I think there's a big disappointment that Julian Araujo is not in. I think yeah. some of the other guys you saw there, Marcelo Flores, Sebastián Córdoba, Rodolfo Pizarro, who at you, at <laughs> one point on this show, called the most talented Mexican player Four years ago when he was. Of his generation. Forgot um, how he killed the U.S. men's national team in the final of the Gold Cup. For me, <laughs> if, if we're going to use the word surprise, it has to be Carlos Acevedo, the, the goalie wow. for Santos. Uh, I, I think there's, there's two points that kind of irk me with this one. One, I, I think he's, for me, a top three goalie. I don't even think that's really uh, in the discussion. But even if you want to put that aside, I would love to feel like Tata Martino at least cares or even pretends to care just a little bit about the future there you go. of the Mexican That's it. national team. Rodolfo Cota, 35. Talavera, 39. Memo Ochoa, 38. Right? All those guys are going to be 40 at the next World Cup. Carlos Acevedo, what, 25, 26 years old? I mean, he's right in his prime. This is a young goalie who's playing well, who scored a goal over the weekend, by the <laughs> way, in Liga Mekis, and he can't get a call-up as a third guy? Who's going to be the goalie in 2026? Yeah, a, a few things. I've heard so much as like, well, they want leadership. Who's the captain of Santos? Yeah. It's Acevedo. There's leadership right there. And this is the one thing that irks me with this about Carlos Acevedo. You talk about the future. If you're going to give a player their first taste of national mm -hmm. team responsibility and it's at the age of 30 in the world cup it just you're going backwards as a national team you told me to let it go earlier in the show but you know who should really be the biggest surprise not on l3's list Ooh. 
Javier Chicharito oh. Hernandez. There it is. We got to mention uh, twice <laughs> with the Mexican national team, even though it Marcelo like Flores for Mauricio Pedro will not oh. uh, be at the World Cup. We got a uh, clash of Mexican Sunday on ESPN Plus, which of course is the home of the Eredivisie, the top flight of Dutch football. It's Er Gutierrez and PSV facing off against Santiago Jimenez and Feyenoord. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time coverage starts. Still to come, is Graham Potter's arrival the lifeline that Christian Pulisic needs at Chelsea? We check in on the Champions League when Football Americas continues. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ultimately, I hope that the Premier League takes a little bit of a lesson from American sports and really starts to figure out, you know, why wouldn't we do a tournament, you know, with the bottom four teams? Why isn't there an all-star game? I mean, when he finds a date for that, you can call me. MLB did their all-star game in L.A. this year. We made $200 million from, you know, a Monday and a Tuesday. Not sure people want to see that, but... You know, so, you know, I think you could do a North versus South you know, all-star game for Premier League and fund whatever the pyramid needed very easily. Imagine that. United players, Liverpool players, Everton players, all together in one team. It's not the national team. If you want to bring Harlem Globetrotters as well and let them play against a football team, I, it's, it's Chelsea's new American owner, Todd Bowley, isn't waiting around to make waves at a New York leadership forum earlier this week. Bowley floating the idea of a North versus South All-Star game in the Premier League, as you just heard there. He also pitched a relegation tournament. Ooh, that sounds like fun. These ideas getting lots of headlines around the world, especially over in the United Kingdom. Time for a get lost. Should Todd Bowley get lost? Or his ideas good ones, Herc? Some of his ideas mm-hmm. can be good ones. Um, tactics, the 4-4-3, not so good. <laughs> I'm not that great at math. No. Uh, this all-star game idea can be a good idea. Not the North versus South. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. But what about Britain versus the rest of the world? I would love to see that. Now, wait a second, another game? Oh, wait a second. All these purists of the sports have no problem when it comes to playing the Carabao Cup. I mean, how many tournaments do you need? You got the Carabao Cup, you got the FA Cup. What other cups do you play for? You got the Premier League, you got the Champions League, you got the Europa League. It's one game that can cause a ton of revenue and attention for the best league in the world. Presumes to be the best league in the world that I think is the best league in the world. So give them that product. How many people wouldn't love to see that? Now, that's an idea. Mm-hmm. Don't 
negate ideas. Don't be that person. Don't be those people. Ideas can be good. I think the backlash. Don't, don't, don't for once, and this is where I want to get to. Don't for just say, here you go, stupid Yanks, these Tad Lasso-loving mm -hmm. Yanks. Mm -hmm. Look what they've done. Look how they're trying to ruin the game. Don't go there. Yeah, I think that's the point here, right? Is that the, the reaction is always different depending on where the idea comes from. I think here, the, the negative backlash that you're hearing, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is American. There's been a tweet circulating today from about 11 years ago from Rio Ferdinand, of course, an, an icon of the Premier League, saying, hey, he was watching the baseball All-Star game. He said, hey, we should do this in the Premier League. This would be a very good idea. I think there's something else that's being lost in all this is the why Bully was suggesting this. You know, he was talking about big money, but the reason he was talking about where that big money would go is the rest of the pyramid. Yeah. So, you know, that to me is what makes English soccer special, right. is the depth of their pyramid. And here is a guy who, and that's a huge problem right now in England, who has an economic solution for something that makes English football great. And instead of focusing on, hey, this could actually be a huge revenue that saves our sport at the lower levels, they're focusing on the fact that the so, idea comes from an So America. a guy that gave an opportunity to a coach who started at the lower levels of the pyramid, oh, there you go. now wants to do something to help this pyramid and the British are scoffing at it. You mentioned Graham Potter. Uh, what about Chelsea on the field? Because they were in Champions League action earlier today. Christian Pulisic involved, not as much as perhaps some might like. In fact, the Graham Potter era getting off to a pretty underwhelming start after a 1-1 draw at home against Red Bull Salzburg. Pulisic did not start in his first game under the new manager. He did come on, however, in the 84th minute, replacing Raheem Sterling. So Herc, there's a new manager at Chelsea in Graham Potter, but it's the same old bench for Christian Pulisic. How worried are you? Is this something, nothing, or everything for Captain America? Well, it's definitely something. Let me tell you, it's not everything because it's the first match. One game. It's one game. He's only seen you, what, maybe two training mm -hmm. sessions? So you can't base that off of that. But it is, it can't be just nothing. It is something because he gave you six minutes. Now, when you speak to coaches, coaches will tell you, there is no coach in the world who doesn't want to win the game. So he's gonna put the players he thinks will help him win that game. He thought Christian Pulisic was only good enough for six mm. minutes in a game that was tied. The US men's national team's best attacking player was only good enough for six minutes in this game. And he came on and many will say, he didn't do anything, look, he gave an opportunity, six minutes. He had a very nice spot of Ziyech that Ziyech should have done better with, could have been an assist for Christian Pulisic, could have been a goal for Ziyech that didn't transpire, but it's six minutes. That is something. It tells you right now where you are with that coach. He was the last of the five subs, but I'm looking at it here. The, the attacking four players, Havertz, Mount, Sterling, Aubameyang, the same four that Thomas Tuchel used in yep. his last match. So I think you can look at it and say, okay, Potter's coming in. He's not going to maybe shake things up right in his first game. He's gone with the last four. Hey, they didn't produce today. It was another, as I said, underwhelming performance Very for Chelsea. Up. So if Graham Potter's coming in, and looking for change, he's got data there to say, okay, hey, maybe I do need to put Christian Pulisic in the starting lineup. My biggest worry coming out of today is not that Christian Pulisic didn't start. It's that when he came on, he only played for, as you said, six minutes. And it was kind of a wingbacky role. And I know a wingback is something that every time I see Christian Pulisic there, even if the wingback under Potter is very different than the wingback under Tuchel, it makes me nervous because it's not what we're going to see him at the World Cup. No, and it's not where Christian Pul No player wants to play a position that's not there. No player wants to feel like they're not valued. No player wants to be in a position that Christian Pulisic is in today. I know it's Chelsea, I know it's the Premier League, but you still want more time. You still want to be productive. You still want to show your worth. What do you think's the ceiling for him for the rest of this season? Like, what do you think he can grow into under Potter? 
it starts with a chance. It starts with coming off the bench because you're not going to be handed opportunities. You're going to be handed starts and consistent starts just like that. So when he comes on, and listen, to quote the great poet Thierry Henry, you need to free yourself mm. because first it was Frank Lampard and then it was Thomas Tuchel. Now it's Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic and only Christian Pulisic can get himself out of this. Now we've talked about it from a national team perspective. He's obviously in the team. He's obviously still in the starting lineup. How big a deal is it that he, that he actually gets big minutes here? If I'm Greg Berhalter, that's my number one priority. Really? Yes. Out of all the players Out of on all the roster, the players, it's Christian Pulisic hits wow. that space. How can he be effective for me in this World Cup in Qatar? All right. Uh, one more break for us here on Football Americas. When we return, plenty to discuss from around Major League Soccer. That's right. LAFC. The struggles continue. What's going on with Gareth Bale, Carlos Vela, and company? That's next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Still don't know why the Arango's not got a second yellow card, but because it's LAFC, they don't have the same rules as everybody else. Everybody knows it should have been a second yellow. Everybody here in the stadium knows it should. The only person who didn't give it is the referee. And they say halftime interviews are never <laughs> any good. Adrian he firing off shots at halftime of yesterday's game between LAFC and Minnesota United. There you see Gareth Bale. This one a... Uh, yeah, that, good game, yeah, Herc? Yeah, that was the first challenge from Chicho Arango. He, 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 persistent infringement, a lot of that night. That's that challenge. He gets the yellow card. And then there was a play where he kicked the ball, and normally that would be a yellow card, and they let him have it, but, well. And then the, the goal right there. Brent Common getting the goal for Minnesota United in the 45th minute, making it 1-0 just before the half. Yeah, it's a good header, too. I mean, you have to assume somebody's got to put a body on him, but he just bodied everybody else out. And Carlos Vela, the equalizer for LAFC Golazo, huh? Classic Carlos Vela. Some would say vintage. Some would say vintage on that left foot. Nobody's stopping that one. Very much a courtesy dive, and the game finishes 1-1. Just one win in their last six games for LAFC, despite the heroics there from Carlos Vela. All right, so how do we explain LAFC's recent dip in form? considering all the signings, Herc, that they made over the summer. It's true. A lot of talent they brought in. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those people, one of those pundits that said, more talent is a good thing, right? Yep, yep. But they didn't necessarily need it. They were leading, not the West, they were leading the league. And comfortably, they were the best offensive team. 
best defensive team. They were a team that knew exactly who they were. So would you not have gone out and got Gareth Bale? Would you not have gone out and got Chiellini? Maybe not Chiellini. You can get Gareth Bale because of what he does. Listen, Gareth Bale's main contribution to this point Mm -hmm. are jersey sales. That's right, number one jersey. Number one. It's not on the field. But Gareth Bale is not proven to be the player that LAFC need him to be. He's the player right now who the U.S. men's national team wants him to be. Let me ask you this. Obviously, LAFC is not a worse team because they signed Gareth Bale. Maybe. But are they are they playing and performing worse right now with him on the field? They may be not a worse collection of players, but they may be a worse team. Let me tell you why. Boanga, Bell, Teo, Chiellini. But you let go Fall. You let go Donny Musovski. And you can say, Donny Musovski, so what? Two-bit player. That's a two-bit player that will come on and score goals for you. Mm-hmm. A guy that would tear his behind to play for you. A guy that you knew you were going to get. And now all of a sudden you're seeing a team that looks very easy to break down. A mm-hmm. team that looks complacent. A team where guys don't really understand each other. It's not the same LAFC team. And you're breaking down at the worst possible time. Is that the chemistry? Have they lost the chemistry? Is that down? Is it as simple as that? I think so. And I was one of those guys that said no. When, when we spoke about this a few weeks ago, I would have said no. This is a good thing. You get better. But the chemistry has not been there. And that's a reflection that you can see in the play. Yeah, uh, early on it was, well, Bale's not starting yet. You know, we haven't gotten him in. But uh, last night, starting Bale, Bella, and Chicho, that was your, your front three, yeah. which is about it. They changed the whole system. We were playing three in the back. They were playing two up top. Gareth Bell, one of them. It's not even where he plays. You know, it is what it is. All right, so we got uh, MLS on TV this weekend. It's the Caleb Porter Bowl. What do you know about that? Columbus against the Portland Timbers, Herc. This one, Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and streaming live as well on the ESPN app. All right, let's transition from Major League Soccer to Liga MX. Huge game last night between Chivas and Tigres in Guadalajara. Alexis Vega been lighting things up of late. Crazy game, this one, Herc. You're going to see how it finished up in just a little bit. Chivas all over Tigres in the first half. Yeah, first it was Flores, and then right there, left-footed Sharps and Neros, and then it's Vigón, who's just, I don't know what Wacho Jimenez is doing here. Wacho Jimenez, who... A pundit in the Portis had the audacity to say it was better than Memo Ochoa. Eats that one. Second one, Enne Beltran with a bad touch. It's be going again to finish it. But Nahuel on his head all night. That's what it is, really. It was Nahuel Guzman, especially in that first half, proving that at his best, Herc, he still very much has it. One of the best goalkeepers to play in, uh, in Liga MX in the last decade. One of the best foreign goalkeepers to play in Liga Mekis ever. Honestly, if not for Nahuel Guzman, look at this save. Ridiculous save. If not for Nahuel Guzman, it should have been a five-goal effort by Chivas. Yes, Tigres making it four in the 87th there. And uh, Chivas would get el gol del honor. I mean, it it would take something special to get past Nahuel on this night. And Saldivar right there with a cheeky little chip. There it is. Uh, Tigres fifth, Chivas seventh. Uh, in the table as we move forward and coming up for Chivas, the big one, the biggest of them all, El Clásico Nacional coming up on Saturday at El Estadio Azteca against their arch rivals, Club América. So how do the two teams arrive in this one? There you see it, the all-time head-to-head matchup in favor of Las Aguilas. These the uh, two winningest teams in all of Mexican football history. Okay, Herc, it is time to make some bets. Herc, what do you got in El Clásico Nacional between Chivas and All right, Chivas here's my parlay. Chivas will go down, come back from behind, and win. And that's going to pay wow. plus 1,000. These are enticing numbers. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a little bit about the last couple El Clásico Nacionales. They ended up in 0-0 draws. Now, this Chivas team, I know they can defend. Take Tigres game out of it. 
that was circumstantial. Mm -hmm. That was a goalie standing on his head in Noel Guzman, where you should have been up. And then it was a goalkeeping error that Watch Jimenez has not made this season. Throw it out the window because now you're chasing the game. I know they can defend. But they also proved to me in this game that they can attack. And that's been the case with them. In this stretch of games before this game, they've been a very good cohesive unit up front. I really think that because of the firepower Club America has, they will go up early. Mm -hmm. But I think Chivas, Chivas is a team right now that doesn't have the pressure right now because the streak's been open. Right now in this moment, Club America's playing. Okay? Mm -hmm. In this moment, it's just Chivas that's lost. If they win, Coming back from behind, it's plus 1,000. I like those odds. Wow. You're sure you're not doing that just to get a rise out of me? I am not. Why, not are you a Club America fan? I, I have some are Americanista you, are you Americanista? tendencies. Okay. Tendencies. I have some I Americanista tendencies. I didn't know that. I'm taking Club America here. I'm taking both teams to score, but America to win. Of course, uh, we know the great win streak, the historic win streak uh, that they've been on in the last couple weeks leading into this game. I don't, I don't fear anybody really on Chivas, except for one player. One player and one player alone. That's Alexis Vega. I think Alexis Vega will get a goal in this game, okay? So I think Alexis Vega then is going to get your goal for Chivas. That's your both teams to score. America is going to win. There will be no comeback necessary for Club America. Paying out right there at plus 255. Can I, can yes. I just you can say something? You can have a rebuttal, yes. No, I'm just gonna, I want to see your face. Uh, mm -hmm. Actual live score in this moment. Club America, one. Santos, two in the 40 seconds. Okay, yeah, get that loss out of the way now. <laughs> get that loss out of the way now. So there's no streak that Chivas can break and have, have their own little moment of heroism. Uh, so yeah, we'll get the, the defeat out of the way tonight for Club America and they will win against Chivas. Another Henry goal. Both teams to score. Herc says go for the big bet. Chivas Plus to 1, win. 1,000, baby. And not just Chivas to win, but Chivas to win after a comeback against Club America. We got uh, Liga Mekis on ESPN screens as well, coming up on ESPN Plus and ESPN Deportes on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's the aforementioned Santos Laguna against FC Juarez. Do not miss that one. Sunday night on Liga MX. We got the top 10 goals from around well, all of North American soccer when we return on Football America. Some midweek bangers. We'll be back in just a moment. Football Americas continues with our top 10 goals from the midweek. We start with Liga Mekis Femenil, Magali Cortez of Mazatlan. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Magali Cortez. What? Say it for me, Sebi. Say it for me. What have you done? Oh. <laughs> what have you done? What's the goalkeeper doing? Yeah, the real, the what have you done is for the goalie there. What have you done, Toluca's goalie? Wicked spin. Number nine, Major League Soccer. Oh, really, against my beloved DC United, Daniel Shalloway. Ah, you gotta feel for Kansas City. I mean, a lot of injuries to important. Why you, why you gotta feel for Kansas City when they scored against DC? You gotta feel for DC United. Oh, no, because fans. they try to actually win. They try to be actually relevant. Look, what's he doing? Is that a Holland celebration? Number eight, back to Liga Mekis Femenil. Diana Garcia, Rayadas against Atlas. Step to her. So, oh. See, if you don't step to her, she's gonna do that. You know how football is important, Monterrey, Rayadas y Tigres, the cream of the crop, along with Chivas in America and Liga MX Femenil. That's a look at the spin on that. Liana Garcia coming in hot at number eight. Numero siete, Fafa Pico, Houston Dynamo against the New England Revolution. Oh, Fafa. Hey, uh, respect to the New England goalkeeper. This is what you need to do if, you get, if you're gonna get scored on and it's a golazo, please don't move. Just turn around, admire the shot, maybe get a little golf clap. Mm. 
plenty more. That's right. Anti-goalie rhetoric as usual here on Football Americas from Hercules Gomez. Number six, Angelina Hicks of Tijuana against Santos. Oh no, just bodied the Santos defender. Oh no, Angelina Hicks. Watch this. Cut her. Oh, hit the gym. Oh no. It's gotta get up. Oh, that's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt you physically and your pride. Yes, it hurts the ego. Hicks at the uh, near post there. Number five, National Women's Soccer League, Chicago Red Stars, Kansas City Current, Mallory Pugh off to the races. I'm just gonna go out and say this, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but she's the f most direct player in WSL, like the yes. fastest two goal, like there's nobody you're, you're like You're saying her. like north-south. North, she does south. not have an east-west. Verticality, Greg Berhalter, you would be Greg Berhalter's dream. She is ridiculous, yes. Mallory Pugh. Pew, pew, pew. Having a great season as well. Number four, Liga Mekis. Angel Saldivar. Oh, it was the only goal for Chivas, but it was a beauty. I'll be honest, if this was in the top three, I wouldn't laugh about it. It, it, it took something special to beat Noel Guzman on this night. It was a, a ridiculous blinder from him, but the presence of mind to chip it. Know that Noel Guzman, because this is what he does, will be off his mm -hmm. line. It's a ridiculous goal from Saldivar. Tigres, so 4-1 winners on the evening. Oh, they still lost, though. At number three, speaking of special, Carlos Vela of LAFC. That's the thing. People who enjoy and love Carlos Vela, who want to see him back on the national team, he often reminds you of why you want to see him back on the national team, Seb. Him, Chicharito. Oh, let it it's go. It's a long list of let guys it, I want to see on the national team let right now. Let it go, Seb. Let it go. I will not. That's not how it goes. Number two, Maritza Maldonado of Querétaro against León. Okay, this is ridiculous for a bunch of reasons. One, look at the windup. Look. It's like a half windup. She's not even trying. Hits it. It's not even on the bounce. Before it bounces, it's all technique. It's like with a glove. Pick it out of your net. All right, so that's number two. What's coming in at number one from the college game, NCAA? Holy mackerel. Hill Santos, what have you done? Yeah, this is probably one of the best goals that I've ever seen at the college level. This is insane. Like, there's too much air underneath that ball for you to get that much velocity, that much torque, that much power behind a bicycle kick. This is ridiculous. Gil Santos, welcome to number one. Shout out there. Good stuff from him at number one. All right, Bundesliga, of course, available for you exclusively on ESPN Plus all season long. On Saturday, you might get to see Gio Reyna, Borussia Dortmund against Schalke. Huge game there. Coverage starts at 9.30. A.M. Eastern Time. You love Gio. You pumped to see Gio? You think we'll get him? If we get him the World Cup? No, we'll get him uh, on Saturday in the uh, game against Schalke. Absolutely. Okay. You want to see him see start? Schalke back up as, as well. Definitely. Uh, some big news today for the U.S. Women's National Team. We know that they're playing England and Spain coming up. Well, they've also booked now two friendlies against Germany. So their next four games, England, Spain, Germany, Germany. That's some good competition there, isn't it, for the uh, U.S. Women's National Team? That's the bar. You that keep saying this team is the best team in the world still? Well, we're going to find out. That's right. The uh, European champions, the European runners-up, and the team that was everybody's Euro favorites um, before the tournament. One more note about Monday's show. Juan Carlos Osorio, the former manager of the Mexican National Team, will be joining us. He's going to help us break down Mexico's roster. The 31 players that were named by Tata Martino, I think if there's 31 and you can only take 26, we're going to have to make some cuts. So JCO is going to help us with that. Juan Carlos, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk him into going to the World Cup with us. Really? I'm going to talk him into it. It may take a beer or two, but I'm going to talk him into it. Okay, Juan Carlos Osorio in Qatar with us. Hey, congrats. Linear debut. We did it. That's right. Football Americas for the first time uh, here on ESPN2. It's been a pleasure. You want to watch us on ESPN+. Plus? You can catch us twice a week. 
every week, Mondays and Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. He's Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. We'll see you next Monday on Football Americas.